0: This edition of the EdSurge On Air podcast is brought to you by the EdSurge Fusion Conference, an invitation only event for school and district leaders. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the EdSurge On Air podcast. I'm your co host, Mary Jo Matta. In today's day and age, Google, Twitter, and Pinterest are three of the largest employers in the United States and internationally. Are students gaining the skills that they might need to eventually apply to one of these tech giants if they choose to do so? It is the year 2017, but what hard and soft skills should they be developing in order to succeed in the 21st century workplace? What about in the year 2020 or 2050? Now, for the sake of this podcast, let's stick with the now for a moment. In a recent interview, we explored which skill sets lead to career success for students. But here's the catch. We didn't actually talk to anyone in K-12 or higher education. No teachers, no administrators, no parents. In fact, we interviewed three individuals, Drea Alfonso, Ryan Greenberg, and Trisha Kwan, who represent those aforementioned tech companies, Google, Twitter, and Pinterest. Now we have to make a note. The thoughts and feelings of each of the folks that you're about to hear from do not represent the opinions of their employers. Nonetheless, each of these three tech leaders offered their thoughts in this exclusive podcast on equity and access, on areas that formal education did and didn't prepare them for, and their advice for teachers who are working to prepare students for an ever-changing workplace. We'll get to that right after this. The EdSurge Fusion Conference is an invitation-only event for school and district leaders from around the country. They'll be coming together in the San Francisco Bay Area from November 1st to the 3rd to talk about personalized learning and school transformation. If this sounds interesting to you, please request an invitation or learn about sponsorship opportunities by going to the following bit.ly link bit.ly slash EdSurgeFusion. That's one word. Again, bit.ly slash EdSurgeFusion. All right, listeners, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Now, in a moment, you're going to hear from three individuals, but let me give them a quick biography. So first up, we've got Dria Alfonso. She's a program manager on the Google for Education team, and she's responsible for bringing Google solutions, products, and programs to K-12 school districts. Next, we have Ryan Greenberg, who's currently a software engineer at Twitter, where he works on building Twitter's tweet infrastructure, literally. And then last but not least, we have Trisha Kwan. Over the past seven years, she's worked as a software engineer at Salesforce, Twitter, and most recently, Pinterest. Now we explore a lot of different topics, so we're going to get to the podcast right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you guys here. We're just going to jump straight into it. So you have all been doing this work for quite a while. Let's start off talking about how your formal education did or did not adequately prep you for all the things that you were going to need in the workplace. I mean, how did you feel those school experiences went for you?
1: Yeah, so that's an interesting question. So just for a little bit of background on on my education to Loyola Marymount, uh, where I studied biology and African American studies and um, and then fast forward to after college, where I actually worked on the Obama campaign as a field organizer, and I got um, firsthand experience on using Google tools and and technology. But I think that experience uh, really brought a different ex- different perspective to, to table. Um, so I say this to say that it, you don't have to have or you don't necessarily need a technical education to to get into to the tech industry because there's so many different avenues. I'm not an engineer, so I don't have a technical background. Um, but again, as I mentioned, you don't need one. There's different paths into, into the tech.
2: I studied philosophy as an undergrad at Notre Dame, and then I was a volunteer in Chile for two years. And so I in terms of you know what we're teaching in our our uh, education system a lot of what i know about programming is self-taught and i think that we could do a better job of making programming accessible levels
3: yeah i definitely have worked with a lot of people who um, didn't do the formal four-year cs program route so i definitely agree that there's a lot of different ways to get into um, the tech industry um, for just a different perspective um, i did do a four-year um, cs program at carnegie mellon Um, And I feel like uh, it did a really great job of preparing me. There was just a lot of practice in coding and uh, a lot of theory and algorithms. Um, I think in particular, the areas where I didn't feel particularly adequately prepared are are around the soft skills of working in the industry. So um, things that are more around how you approach uh, working. Now, I'm curious,
0: you've got your soft skills and then there are those hard skills like coding. But do each of you think that there's one particular skill that you would really hope students master before entering the workplace? And it could be any workplace, Twitter, Google, Pinterest, or maybe one of the other ones out there. I think for one, I was kind of thinking about
1: this one. And for me, I think just in a role that's, um, again, non-technical, I think public speaking is so important. And I think it's really being at Google where I really... Develop that skill, or I've had opportunities where I'm able to practice that. So I think putting students in situations where they have to, um, you know, speak in front of the classroom, speak confidently, speak with charisma, or what have you. I think that's something that's um, that we don't put a lot of emphasis on, but I think that is uh, it's super important um, from my perspective.
2: Yeah, when I was thinking about this, I pretty quickly found that the skill that I think people should master is clear writing, the ability to write well. And I think that maybe writing English might seem mundane compared with writing an iPhone app. But my perspective is that it really gives you a leg up on people who have just the technical skills. It's being able to write well is never wasted. And I think that having to write well forces you to understand your own thoughts and goals and what you're trying to accomplish and break them down in a way that actually ends up being kind of parallel to the work that you do in programming computers. You also have to understand a problem and break it down into smaller pieces. And even if you're writing code for a lot of your day, writing is so important because that's the way that you interact with a lot of other people. You send emails, you have to convince them of certain technical decisions. Um, So I say, nail your writing.
3: Yeah, um, what I was going to say is actually slightly tangential to that. Um, I think that having critical thinking around what you're doing and uh, where it is that you wanna go is something that I think is really important. Um, and I think writing is a great way to help you figure that out. But I think I see a lot of engineers, especially at these big companies who are, are starting out um, kind of just going with the flow. Like someone suggests that they join a team and they just do the tasks that are presented to them. And they don't really think about like, is this a team I wanna be on? Are these the skills I wanna be learning? And having a good idea of what it is that, of uh, what you wanna learn and where you wanna go can do a lot to help further your career. Okay, let me
0: take a step back for a second. What about the bigger trends? What do you hear from hiring managers or colleagues in terms of specific things that they're looking for in respect to job skills? You know, when folks apply to Google, Twitter, or Pinterest, whether for a technical or a non-technical role, what do those folks really need in order to excel in those roles?
2: You know, there there are always trends in industries. Uh, Today, I hear everybody talking about machine learning. Everyone's doing machine learning. But I think the one thing to keep in mind is that it's impossible to say what technical skills people are going to need in 10 or 20 years. You know, if you think about the iPhone, the iPhone's not even 10 years old in terms of apps that people can write for it. Java, which is a really popular language, was invented 20 years ago, wasn't popular for a number of, of years. And so I think that You know, necessary job skills actually have to be a little bit higher level than specific technology. And the two things that come to mind are it's really important for people to have curiosity and uh, want to continue learning. Because the stuff that you arrive on the job and know is not going to be enough to sustain you for the the lifetime of your career. So that curiosity, understanding how things work and wanting to learn more is really important. And, you know, we've talked about soft skills. And we've also talked about, I think, more traditional uh, liberal arts skills like, like writing and communication, which are really important. But I also think we should cultivate um, being unafraid of technical things. You know, nobody ever says, oh, I'm, I'm not good with reading. I just, you know, I'm not very good with letters. But even when I was in college, I heard people say things like, oh, I'm not good at math, or I'm not good at science. And I think it's important to derive with the skill that you are capable of learning anything, even if it's technical. If you apply your effort and energy and that is something that um, people entering the workforce need to have the the curiosity to want to learn things and the knowledge that they're able to learn them and the skills to, to learn those things.
1: And then to add to that is as well too I think just in terms of problem solving I think is super important as well too but I think with problem solving also comes this notion of resiliency as well too. I know we teach a lot that failure it's okay failure should be embraced because that way you uncover more successes and i sometimes think there's this notion that failure is bad like it shouldn't like if you're failing at something you're doing it wrong but i think it's just more opportunities to to uncover what is going to be successful. I think sometimes in those failures that you reveal kind of like your biggest triumphs or your biggest successes as well too. Um, So I think the idea of problem solving is important, but I also think coupled with that is this idea of resiliency as well too. Like how do you bounce back from a failure and you um, you don't get less confident or you don't feel that you can't move on from that. So I think that's equally important as well too.
0: I can tell you from my experience, I see a lot of teachers struggling with how to balance more of the education around technical skills like coding and then balancing that with the soft skill education, like encouraging growth mindset in their students. So if you had any advice for the teachers out there that are working to prep these students for the workplace, what would be the one piece of advice you would want to provide them with? I
1: think from in this with this question, I think it's important that that we continue, that teachers continue to really draw upon what are students excited and interested to learn about and how do things like coding and problems and writing tie, tie into that?
2: Yeah, one of my friends, Chris Sloan, is a teacher in Salt Lake City and has been working a lot with writing and new media, and I think that's a really great way to do what Drea is saying, which is to take something that students may think is boring, like writing, and apply it to do things that they think are interesting like writing for podcasts or writing for blogs or writing for you know short videos that they produce taking what students are interested in or what they're excited about and kind of leveraging it to teach things like programming writing public speaking
3: yeah i mean i think both of both what adria and ryan said pretty much sums it uh i think being able to provide um just uh oh uh, access to to either coding or maybe professionals in the field, if there's a way to do that. Um, and, and on top of that, yeah, being able to connect it to what it is that students care about. Okay, you
0: mentioned that word access, Tricia, and I would be remiss if, you know, we didn't actually address one of the big elephants in the room, which is the fact that a lot of those tech giants out there are still pretty homogenous when it comes to the people that actually work there. So let's focus on equity and access for a second. When it comes to preparing more young girls and students of color to go into these roles, what do you think schools could do to improve the diversity pipeline?
3: Yeah, so I think there are some basic things like um, being able to provide classes and having extracurriculars. And I know a lot of that is dependent on budget and having the resources to do so. But um, I think being able to encourage students to have side projects or hackathons or whatever it is um, that would help expose them more to what either hands-on programming is like or what it's like to be an engineer and get an idea of whether it's they're interested in it or not um i think that um is 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 like a sort of basic thing that would be great for schools to have
2: this is something that worries me a lot because when i look at where i've arrived in my career i I realize one of the reasons um, that i'm here is because i had access to computers when i was really young you know there was like water in my life growing up and so I was able to use and kind of play around and learn from computers all the time. And I think that providing that early access so the kids have that chance to, to play with computers early on is really important. I know a lot of companies are, do programs where they try and bring in college freshmen who might be interested um, in working in tech as interns. And I think that's a great program. And I think that pushing that even farther back and earlier to, to elementary education is something that it's really important to to tackling the issues of access and equity.
1: Yeah, I think in in addition to what Trisha and Ryan had, and from my experience, what I studied in school and just being a woman of color in in tech right now, I think what we have to continue to do is immerse ourselves in those communities and bring things like computer science workshops, digital literacy training or coding, like actually going into those communities and, and providing that. So I think it's not just about kind of like, oh, we have great tools, and we actually have to go into these communities and physically be there. Um, so I think those are some important things to to think about how we're doing that. And another tech that we're seeing is this idea of raising awareness on unconscious bias training. And I think it's also content that's, your, kind of my perspective on this, is kind of creating content that's relevant to to different cultures and different communities. Hip hop music is a huge thing, sports is a huge thing. So figuring out how we get students encouraged to pursue those types of industries. And it's not that you have to be the rapper or the athlete, but there's a lot of things that you can do behind the scenes for music. You can be kind of the the musical engineer, the sound engineer for sports. You can be the broadcaster, you can be the journalist. So I think it's just, Making content and just providing opportunities that that is important to the culture and the community, understanding what that is, and and bringing that uh, forefront for for students. I think we just have to figure out a way to help students continue to to be curious about things that they are interested in. I know we talked about. We did touch on this earlier, but providing ways that we can you know, build lesson plans around that or build curriculum around that. I think that's just the the important thing. And just to encourage students to, for areas that you are curious and interested about, continue to to explore that. Um, and we talked about this earlier as well, too. But I think the idea of, of failure, like it's OK to fail as long as you bounce back from that um, and create the next big thing after that. So I think those are two important um, areas. Continue to explore what you're curious about and don't be afraid to fail.
0: Awesome. And I think we'll bring it to an end there. Thank you so much, guys, for being on the podcast. This has been the Ed Search On Air podcast. This episode was produced and edited by me, Mary Jo Matta, and advertisements were read by Alice Meyerhoff. You can give us a grade on the quality of this podcast by rating us on iTunes or sending an email to us at feedback at edsearch.com. You can also subscribe on the iPhone podcast app, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next week with more on the future of education. We'll see you then.